cool. Uh, my name is Benjamin Ross. I am one of the interns uh, on staff here at the house. Okay. Well, I thoroughly feel pressure now. Thank you, guys. Um, no, before I start, I do, I do just want to thank you. Uh, it's been a weird transition coming from Dayton uh, to Chattanooga, and being you guys have just welcomed me in here and just uh, welcomed me in your life. It's been awesome. You've given me, you've let me give really good advice. You've let me give really bad advice. Um, I just want to thank you. It's been a crazy two months, but I really do appreciate you guys. Um, just uh, letting me do life with you. And so it's definitely been the best part of this job. I feel weird that I'm part of this job. I, I don't feel like this is like something that, I, I wouldn't expect this. Two months ago, I was working on a strawberry farm in Dayton, Tennessee. And so it's just been a crazy, crazy two months. Um, so you guys are awesome. If anyone is new, I just want to say welcome. Uh, we, we hope you have a good visit. We hope this is a good time. If, if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles in the back and there's notes. I don't think I have the authority to say this, but I think you can take them home if you don't own one. Uh, if not, it comes out of my check, so uh, please help yourselves to that. Um, so I am really excited. I get to jump off the new confession series, and uh, you get to kind of peer into my soul as I just kind of squirm up here and tell you all the things that's wrong with me. And uh, I'm super excited about it. I hope the Lord does something really cool, and I'm... Uh, I'm really, I'm really hopeful that something will come good of this. Uh, before we jump in, I'm just going to go ahead and pray over the evening, and uh, we'll just hop in. <sighs> Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this evening. Um, I want to thank you for this community, and I want to thank you for the opportunity um, to just share what you've done in my life and uh, share your scripture and uh, just share your goodness and your faithfulness. And um, I just want to pray on my part to be vulnerable with everybody, um, to be honest and to be sincere, and just speak um, your love and speak peace over everyone. And Lord, I just, I give this evening to you. And Lord, I thank you. In your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Um, so my confession is that um, I do not depend on God. Like, it's not even that I don't depend on God. I do everything in my power to not um, like, I love being independent. Like, there's nothing more in the world that I get a thrill of my own independence. Um, I love conquering sin on my own. Uh, some people will be able to be very sympathetic with it. I love it. Like, I love knowing that I'm the reason that didn't go the way it did. Um, I love it when I feel strong, um, when I feel capable. Uh, this isn't particularly, like, uh, increased now that I'm engaged. Um, I feel even more the need to be strong, and when I do feel that, I feel great. Um, I love when I feel godly and when I feel like I have my life together. Um, so what this looks like, I'm a super nerdy guy, so like for me, this looks like uh, if I'm like reading like all the time, if I'm like running and working out, if I'm like taking care of my body, if I'm like my room's clean, like just all these random things, I feel really, really good about myself. I love it. Um, 
I love feeling like I am important and I matter. That's a really big deal for me. It's something that I really emphasize in my life. Um, it's something that I don't think about a lot, but I know that I do. Um, and because I love all those things, there's some things that I really hate. I, I hate feeling weak. Um, I hate feeling like things are out of my control. Uh, I hate feeling like a sinner. I hate feeling like a mess. I hate depending on anyone who isn't me. I really can't stand it at all. Um, and all these loves and hate have crafted together a really strong dislike for depending on God. Uh, because in all honesty, the times that I've had dependent on God, I've had to enter some real weaknesses. Um, I, like for me, just depending on God, I have to really peer into what I'm lacking and who I'm not and who I'm never going to be. Um, I've had to let control of some things. And all in all, I've had to like really recognize all the ways in which I'm broken and the ways that I'm a sinner. Um, and this is really hard for me to vocalize uh, just because, well, a couple things. Um, one, I, this is going to sound weird, but I, I really want like to be the man that guys look up to. And like coming in front of everybody and saying that I, I really have a, I really love myself and I really idolize strength and I really idolize um, having it all together. I feel like people are going to look at me and be like, I'm not going to come to you anymore. I mean, like you're not capable of, of answering any of the questions that I have. As like a campus or like a, a college pastor kind of like, I feel a lot of pressure to kind of have it together. Um, and, and weirdly enough, I went to school for ministry. I did four years, a Bachelor of Science in Ministry Leadership, so I feel even more pressure like I should have it together. Like, I spent four years studying this stuff. You would think that I have a little bit more of an idea of what it means to love and depend on God, and I don't at all, and I'm getting married, and so that, like, amplifies everything. Um, so, yeah, I, it's just a weird thing to talk about. And, and for real, whenever I've watched Jason and Kirsten up here, and when I've watched any pastor, I really see myself up there. Like, I'll look at them, and I'll, like, daydream about what I wish I was. And uh, so, like, I'll see myself, and I, like, shoulders back, and I'm, like, proclaiming Christ with, like, intellectual and emotional vigor. People, like, weeping in the crowd. It's, like, really awesome, and I'm up here, and it's great. And I, I can't do that, like in all honesty, like if I was going to be, I could probably come up here and really explicate some verses and sound, use some big words and it'd probably sound really great. But in all honesty, it's just like if I was going to be genuine with, up, with you up here, I, I really don't know what I'm doing at all. And I feel like everyone knows, but no one knows. And it's like a weird thing that I'm, I'm like this world I'm in. Um, so I'm, I, I'm really grateful. I just get to be up here and just uh be myself and hope the Lord works in it, and uh, I'm super excited about it. Um, I, I really do. I just have to come up here, and here's the biggest thing is that what I want to talk about the most um, is that my dependent or my lack of dependency on God is really built in the fact that I'm a mess, and I'm the one wanting to put myself back together. Like, that is going to be the main theme for what we're going to talk about. Um, so I, just to lay my cards on the table of what's about to happen, I'm just going to share my story, uh, share a little bit about what's happened in the past uh, 
for me to get here, uh, where I'm at now with this, uh, my, my struggles now with depending on the Lord, um, my struggles with being in the house, being with you guys, uh, some things that I'm working through, and uh, just talk about what Scripture has to say about it. Uh, so, uh, my story is, I'm going to try to condense as much as I do not want to spend 15, 20 minutes uh, telling my toast testimony, and it sounds like a uh, lifetime special. Um, my dad, <laughs> uh, so my story really begins way, way, way back. Uh, my dad left whenever I was born. Uh, so he had a family. He was an airplane pilot. My mom did something with the airport. I have no clue. Uh, they met, and it was, I guess, love at first sight. I don't know. Um, so they had their thing. Um, I came around, and my dad was faced with this really weird decision uh, as to whether he stays with m my mom and me and my two older brothers, whether he goes back to his family in which he's in the process of having a divorce. Um, so he thinks about it for a while. He ends up deciding to go back to his family. So I'm born. I'm all squirmy and gross and whining. And he looks at me and my mom, and he says, this is what I feel is the best decision, and splits. And I have actually not seen him or talked to him since, except for two months ago. Uh, so on top of all the crazy transition, I've got to talk to my father for the first time, uh, which is a whole another uh, topic. Uh, my mom remarries. Uh, she marries this guy. He's a firefighter. I don't know what is with her in uniforms. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> so anyways, uh, she, she remarries. Um, I'm really attached to the guy. It goes really well. Um, like, I like help him fix stuff and do tool. I grab him beer. He has a terrible taste in beer. He loved bush beer. Um, <laughs> And so it was awesome. It was really great. Um, but sin does what sin does and kills life. Like he just, he wasn't a Christian at all. And he really um, struggled with alcoholism. And so eventually it just got really bad. He drank more and more and he just got more aggressive. He was abusive towards my mom and my brothers on some circumstances. And uh, he, they just end up going through divorce. My mom was super scattered after that. It was a really weird transition for me, and I think there was a lot of, I, there was a lot of damage to me that I'm not aware of yet. Like, I wish I could present this better. I just think I'm still in the midst of figuring it out. But there was a weird transition as a child going, like, like admiring someone to fearing someone is a weird transition for a child to have in, like, two weeks. And I think there was a lot of damage that was done that I'm still not, like, I haven't worked through or figured out. And so, anyways, divorce happens. Um, my mom is super scattered. She doesn't, you know, she's, cry, you know, she's crying a lot. She's trying to figure out what, what's next. We were super poor with him. I mean, like, I think we had a black and white television until, like, 1997, 98, which is a really long time. Like, there was, never mind. And so, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go on that tangent. Um, so, my mom, I love her to death. She just couldn't handle everything. Like, I mean, there was multiple times that she would, like, leave me at school. Like, she would accidentally, like, fall asleep or forget to pick me up from school, and so I spent a lot of hours, um, like, waiting. It was really resentful. I love my mom to death. I love my family. I'd do anything for them, but we just had a little bit of a rough start. 
And so that really just built a lot of resentment. Uh, we grew up super poor, like really, really, really poor. Um, and so I started working at 15, and that's when I could learn, that's when I learned I can kind of uh, depend on myself. I can, I can financially and physically provide for myself. And so I started working from 15, and then I got a job at McDonald's. It was the dream job. Uh, I worked there for four years, and it was so bad. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that kind of began the kind of the soil for just being really independent. I could provide for myself. I could uh, emotionally provide for myself. And I had to get my mom to ask questions. It wasn't until high school that I became really haunted by this question of what it meant to be a man. Like, it was just like a question that happened. Um, and it really became a big theme for my time in high school. Uh, really, really tried to sort through that and figure it out all on my own, which is a really big part of my like later experience of uh, my love for independence. Um, so went through high school, I made a lot of bad decisions, blah, blah, blah. High school was a terrible time. Um, went into college, so I got saved my senior year, and so me asking the question of what it meant to be a man turned into what it meant to be a man of God. And so high school or college came around, I literally just went into my major to figure out this question. So I just did ministry leadership because I hated pastors. I couldn't stand the idea of being a pastor. Um, I couldn't stand the idea of working in a church. And I was like, well, I want to do this. I want to be a man of God. I'm willing to dig holes for a living as long as it's for the glory of God. Uh, so that was kind of my train of thought, knowing that I would be fully unemployed uh, when I get out. Uh, so it was really interesting. Uh, it's kind of cool, kind of like being outside of college, looking back at college students. So it's really cool to be in kind of like the, I'm like outside, but not outside. I'm still kind of like struggling, I feel like, with the same things, uh, just in a different way, and I don't have classes, so that's nice. Um, but in college, I, I, I mean, I for real got a degree so I could fix myself. Like, I went and got a degree so I can be made whole again. I did the same thing with books. I learned you could learn stuff, and it helped you manage your messiness. Um, it helped, like, I, if I learned more, if I studied more, if I had good friends, um, if I did good activities, if I was a good person, it made me feel better about myself. If I was really involved in religious activities, it, I, it just kind of numbed that part. It band-aided the messiness. Um, so that was like a running theme throughout college. Um, and it actually hasn't been until I've gotten here to the house in which all that stuff has been stripped away. And now I just feel like I'm naked in front of everybody and I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but no, for real, I mean like for real, I went from the strawberry farm working there, I just graduated college and trying to get by, uh, straight to here. And so much of my college life was me band-aiding my brokenness myself, me uh, pulling myself up by my bootstraps, so much of me doing my self-effort that it was really weird to walk into the setting because it demanded everything but that. So like everything that I was hiding behind within two weeks of my job here was really pulled away. Uh, so like my, my intelligence wasn't any use. It just wasn't, I just realized I wasn't as smart as I thought I was. Uh, I just really realized that I wasn't as spiritual. Like I realized I wasn't in good of a position as I thought I was. And so it was really, especially these past two weeks in general, just a lot of stuff has happened for me. And uh, I learned I'm not as strong as I thought I was. Um, and so it's kind of, uh, I'm like in this weird place with you guys where you guys have asked me questions about like 
uh, stuff going on with your family, uh, stuff that you, you, you're thinking about doing. I have no idea how to respond half the time. I'm like, I love you. I got that. That's really all I got right now because I don't know. I'm still sorting through this as well. Uh, that's why I said thank you because you guys have been so great, graceful with me and just so awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at, like for real. Like I am in a place to where I don't have anything. Like I, I just, I don't feel like I have a lot of strength right now for anything. I don't have a whole lot to offer. And so it's, it's a really cool experience I get to talk about this. Not because, because I have no idea how to do it. Like I have no idea how to depend and love God like I want to love and depend on God. Um, but I'm in this place where I don't have anything to help me get past that. Like I have no... I have no friends here. I'm in Chattanooga. All my friends are back in Dayton or gone. Um, I have, I have uh, my, like I said earlier, my, my smarts mean nothing here like it did back at Bryan. Uh, I'm just kind of, of, of here, and I, I feel for real like I'm just walking around, and no one knows uh, what. <laughs> Everyone knows that guy doesn't know what he's doing. Um, so I was... Uh, I'm going to talk about John 15, so you can go ahead and open your Bibles to John 15, if you can, um, if, or open your phones or whatever you have. Um, and so, as we're kind of settling into John 15, I, I kind of want to talk about, the, actually, mm, I don't want to do this. Mm. Okay, we'll talk about the context first. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about the context of John 15 before I kind of, we kind of dive into it. <laughs> so uh, John, if you didn't know this, John 14 through 17 is actually Jesus' last words before the crucifixion, um, which if you don't, like if you've never read through it, I really suggest reading through it. Um, it's actually a really powerful set of chapters. So before this happened, um, uh, it's over past, past, like Passover's about to begin, and Jesus goes and he washes all 12 of the disciples' feet. Uh, knowing that one of them was going to betray them, he washed their feet anyways. And then right after that, pointed out the one who's going to betray them, so Judas is now out, um, which has got to be a weird thing for all the disciples. Um, and then they do the Lord's Supper, which has got to be a really weird thing for the disciples that they're sitting at a table. And then Jesus is like, hey, you're going to eat my body and drink my blood. And I bet it's a super intimate but really confusing time for the disciples because I would have no idea. I still am still figuring out what the Lord's Supper means in its fullest extent. And so, but the cool thing is that John 14 through 17 is answering the things that uh, the apostles are thinking about because Jesus just told them he was going to leave them. So like this happens and then Jesus says, I'm going to leave you and where I'm going you cannot follow. And so 14 through 17 is all answering the questions, thinking about what happens when God's not there. Like Jesus is no longer present with them and I know that he is answering what they're thinking and what they're feeling of he is no longer going to be with them. So 14 through 17, you have time, it's really cool. Just to, it's all passages based on Jesus' absence, which we're still in. Um, so we're camping out in John 15 in particular, and before we kind of begin uh, or kind of dive into it, I, I think it's just really helpful that, okay, for me personally, like uh, if I was going to, just imagine this before we dig in, like imagine that you're praying, like I'm, I'm praying, I'm sitting down, and I'm like, Lord, um, Father, why am I still struggling with insecurity? Why am I still struggling with gossiping? Why am I still struggling with pornography? Why am I still struggling to not hear you? Um, Lord, where are you at? Uh, 
why am I not feeling this? Where's the passion? Why, what does it mean to have a relationship with you outside of the religious activities? Like imagine for a second that you are at your bedside and you are sitting here and you are praying this. And you're praying, where are you? Where are you at? Where are you at in my daily life? What does it mean to have a relationship with you? And then imagine like the audible voice of God comes down and it's John 15. Like just imagine for a second, this is how he responds. And uh, just think about, this is how we're just going to frame it. He's answering these prayers. And, I, and for me particularly, I'm going to use myself as an example. So like if I was in this situation, I'd be like, well, Lord, why is it so hard to depend on you? Um, who should I be in this, in this setting? Um, why is it so hard to believe you'll actually come through with what I pray? Um, why am I such a mess? And Lord, tell me how I become a man of God. And so I'm praying this, and this is what the Lord says to me. Um, so John 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that, that, bears, <laughs> he it is that bears much fruit. For a part of me you could do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so prove, so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as my Father kept my commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full." Now, if I know what it's like to be in a situation, half the people in this room are checked out already. Like, you're probably already gone. Um, like, right when I started reading Scripture and I started telling a story, you're probably out. Uh, so I'm just going to encourage you to come back in just for a second. Um, and I really do think, because I, I, I mean, I, this, is the, this is the challenge for me. I really, really think that this is going to be, like, so helpful. I just have to figure out how to unpack it and say it in such a way that everybody's engaged and everybody gets exactly. So I feel like I have this, like I was telling Blake earlier, um, I feel like I have this piece of gold in front of me and I'm like, I have to figure out how to show everybody and give it to everybody. And it's like a weird puzzle I need to work out. So please try to stay so focused. I promise you that this is gonna begin anytime that we talk about scripture or it's too abstract and it's no longer a story, people have a really hard time focusing. Um, so anyways, <laughs> uh, so when we're talking about my prayer with what does it mean to, uh, like why is it hard to depend on you? Why is it hard to believe that you'll actually come through? And why am I such a mess? I really think that the Lord would be like, he starts out verse one like this. I am the true vine and my father is the fine dresser. I think if you were just to pause there, that's already like a really, really big statement. And I have to like talk about it because it doesn't seem that big. Um, but okay, for one, he says the true vine, which means there's multiple vines. Like there's multiple vines out there that you can be connected to. Like the branch, I'm the branch. I can be connected to multiple things or different things that's not Jesus. And it can, I will use it to try to get life and strength. Does that make any sense? That connecting? Sweet. Well, thank you for the two people. Um, 
No, so I mean, like for this, what it looks like in my own life is that I've used like manhood and I've used strength and I've used uh, my family. I've used girls a lot as this, as a way to gain strength and a way to gain uh, life. And I, I like, this is a part of it. Like, so at the very beginning, if the Lord was, am I in prayer and the Lord's like, okay, first of all, I'm the true vine. Like, none of the things that you keep running to, to gain strength and to gain uh, value and to gain any of those things are not going to give it to you. I am the true vine. So he starts it off like that. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he, bur- he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Three, you are already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. You can be saved and not be bearing fruit. Like clearly, verse three saying, because you are already clean, uh, because of the words I've spoken to you, abide in me and abide in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in me, neither can you unless you abide in me. I can be saved, and at the same time, I'm not abiding in Christ. I don't think it's going to last very long. Your faith is going to build on a very shaky foundation. But he's already saying, he's encouraging the disciples before he goes, I'm about to go, you're clean, abide in me, and fruit will bear. Um, now, abiding in me is going to be the tough word to try to explain. Um, so if you look at John, 1 John 2, 6, he says, whoever says he abides in me ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Uh, sweet. So um, this is going to be like the, the crux of the entire sermon, which is really a big deal for me. Like, I really think for depending on the Lord is like, uh, sounds really nice. Uh, it sounds really like uh, Christian-y. Uh, I don't know that's the way they say it. Um, but abiding in the Lord is actually what I think is our main objective as Christians. Um, and he says down at verse 10, is that, wait, is it verse 10? Yeah, at verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as my Father's commandments, or just as I kept my Father's commandments, abide in his love. And I think what he's talking about with these commandments is loving the Lord. <laughs> like, I feel really weird because I got to get up here and I got to say something that's super plain. Like, just love the Lord and the fruits will come. Because um, in my life, I did the opposite. I searched out for the fruits. I searched for, uh, like, taking care of the sin, sin management. Like, that was probably, like, a really big thing. Um, I really just, I, I really prevented from sinning and I pursued manhood outside of actually loving Christ, and it only gets so far, which is what I'm, I feel like I'm just trying to communicate and hammer in that the main objective for the, for the Christian is to abide in Christ, and the fruit will come. Like, our job is not to bear fruit. Our job is to abide in Christ, and the fruit will come, as he says. And more importantly, um, I think just a really good question is, who cares more about you bearing fruit, you or God? Um, and the other thing is, is that I want to say, is that fruit, uh, is becoming like Christ, like becoming more and more like Christ. Um, so if you abide in Christ, if you're following him, if you're loving him, I guess that's the point, is loving who he is. And this is the way this played out in my own life. Um, uh, so like I've said, I, I kind of j- joined in on the, um, the team here, and it was a really weird thing because I felt like everybody was a lot more like social than I was. Uh, and so it was a really weird dynamic for me, like, like Blake and Emily and Megan just walk into a room and just like energy flows through the ceiling of how like excited they are. 
and they're just super awesome to be around, and it's been a lot of fun, and um, they bring so much to the team. And I, I really compared myself and compared, like, why am I not as social as them? Why do I not have the connections that they have? Why can I not love students in the same way? And so for me, the way that this manifested my, in myself, um, I just was asking for stuff that wasn't mine. Like, I was asking for gifts that were, were Blake's and Megan's, and I compared myself, and I created a lot of insecurity, and I was trying to just, like, my main focus was just not I mean, my main focus was being more like them when I was just supposed to be more like Christ, which is a really cliche message. I wish I had something more profound and ordinary, uh, but I don't. This is just where I'm at in my life. I'm relearning the basics. I'm relearning um, the fundamentals of what it looks like to learn and to, um, to, to love and depend on uh, the Lord. So, um, so anyways, going on to, or going back to verse 2, I actually, actually think this is interesting. Um, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Um, so this is the other thing. If you're remaining in Christ, if you're just staying there, like I, I really, I really want to say one thing. Like I really, oh God, how can I say this? The main point of, of what I'm getting to, or what I'm wanting to say more than anything else is that um, you being a mess, like, okay, for me in my instance, like me being a mess, me being broken, me not figuring out how to do it, I think the Lord's just asking me to just come. Like, like I, I, he doesn't need me to be polished. He doesn't mean to have it together. He just needs me there at the table. Um, and so that has... Uh, That has been the main like thing for me in my life and what I'm trying to work out. Um, so anyways, in verse uh, 10, or no, verse 11. So this is where I'll kind of like wrap it up. If uh, Verse 11 says, These things I've spoken to you that you may, or that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Um, I, I really want to say, this is kind of like the, the last thing and then we'll kind of, pray and wrap it up, um, that, like, avoiding sin for the sake of getting in, like, like, in trouble or avoiding sin for the sake of, like, like disappointing God is a really poor motivator. Uh, like, this has kind of been one of the things in my life is just learning to, um, that joy is a great motivator, like, like, loving Christ and doing these things out of love for Christ is a lot more powerful than just, like, uh, fear of you're going to mess up or fear that you won't be valued in the same way or anything like that. Um, so I uh, want to thank you guys and um, I love you. So I'm going to pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this evening. Uh, thank you for your work. Uh, Lord, I would just ask that uh, you would do what you will with this and um, I just thank you. Thank you for your grace and that the world will continue on with or without this message and that you will, your work will still happen. In your name we pray, amen.